This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good day and happy Friday, you lovely, lovely people. It's a trip to Stamford Bridge for City and we are going to see the well-esteemed team, the home of famous chants such as Chelsea, 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 other hits such as Chelsea, 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 and their very latest hit, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. It's Friday the 10th of November. I'm your host for today, Ollie Kirsch. I'm Andrew Detmer. And this is the City Report Podcast. Andrew, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Uh, aside from boring us all to death with the uh, songs from the terraces, they are not a boring football team right now. And they're not a boring football team, not because they're particularly good, not because they're particularly bad, but they are an enigmatic, unpredictable, wonderful mix of really, really bad and really, really good. Um, they've got some fantastic talent. Carl Palmer included, Raheem Sterling included. Um, although much like Chelsea, you never know which Raheem Sterling you're going to get. Uh, but they are sitting slap bang in the middle of the table in 10th. So the second half, we're going to talk more about City and the lineups and, and, and what we think. But I just want to get your thoughts on the, the ever unpredictable Chelsea because it's, it's been quite a remarkable journey really for them since Todd Bowley took over the the the, the money they've spent they've been trying to stabilize and restabilize and they they show flashes of brilliance and they have got some incredible talent two of them I've just mentioned but they can't quite consistently tick can they what's going on what, what do you make of them no i th- i think that it there's a, a lot in there to unpack and to think about and i think one of the best ways to kind of sum it up is that you know their chant Chelsea 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 <laughs> if you just said that name 
three different ways. So you were like, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. That kind of <laughs> sums up that you can get these moments of pure brilliance. I mean, even you know the crazy match that was Spurs-Chelsea. There had moments where it was all clicking for them. They're mm-hmm. doing what you know, Potch wants them to do. They are attacking the ball in numbers. They are pressing. Um, but then they have moments where they are, as an 11-man side, struggling to break down a 9-man side. That's not ideal with the amount of investment that you have. But I think at the core of it is something that is interesting for a lot of fans to see, which is a lot of people, and you see it with United fans now saying, oh, if Sheikh Jassim had bought the club, this could be like United and they have all these players, right? But real life is not football manager. It is not FIFA ultimate team. You can't just bring all these players together and it's just going to work magically because they're good players. For the most part, Chelsea have bought players that have a lot of talent, that have skill sets that are highly rated, but they've also bought really young players, really inexperienced players, players that still need time to develop to figure out who they are, and also to be able to perform consistently. We all know that young players tend to be more inconsistent than veterans. Look at Phil Foden. He has gotten more consistent as a player as his career has gone on, and that comes just by playing matches. And so, yes, theoretically, Chelsea three years from now could be in a great position because they have this young core all hitting their prime together, but that's not who they are right now. So some games you will get enough players having moments of brilliance and having consistency that they're going to be really good. And you could see the team that could threaten city. Um, but you could just as easily see a team that could lose the city by four or five goals. So it, I, I don't know what to expect out of this weekend. Um, there, you know, we were talking before the podcast statistically, you know, they are, their underlying numbers have them as the fourth best team in terms of the expected points, even though they're 10th in the table. Um, they score the 10th most goals per match in the league at one and a half city or at in first at two and a half. Unsurprisingly goals conceded again, unsurprisingly city number one at uh, 0.7 goals, Chelsea at fifth at 1.1. So I do think the one thing we know is that Chelsea will likely put up a good defensive performance against city, mm. but the inconsistency on offense, I think, may be their undoing. And I, as good as Chelsea can be defensively, I don't see them necessarily keeping City out for a full ninety minutes. Yeah, um, I mean, a couple of things that you mentioned. I just want to I want to talk about the, the first thing is that you mentioned about sticking eleven players together, but they aren't <laughs> they aren't eleven players. They're about fifty billion players, right? And yeah, that on top of that too. Yeah. And uh, I mean, is that where they've partly where they've gone wrong? Have they have they simply overbought? If that's possible, I mean, it's it's certainly a possibility that that could affect your team. I mean, if you, it, it's hard to figure out who to play if you have so many players that you can't consistently play all of them or see what combinations work the best. It's one of the reasons Pep likes to have a smaller squad is that it's easier to share minutes around and build consistency and familiarity amongst the players because that matters just as much as skill set. If you, you know, there, there are plenty of moments where we see city players making runs. And if Kevin Aroyne is there, that run is probably 
found with a absurd pass that no one else in the city team can make. Well, since KDB is out right now, if they make that run, it isn't as dangerous as it used to be. Similarly for Chelsea, these players don't know how the other likes to play. So, I mean, I, I think it's hard to argue that that isn't affecting them somehow. And, I mean, I can't imagine any manager would say, yes, I want a squad of 35, like 50 million plus pound players that are all young and still developing. Like that just, that's a bad idea for a whole host of reasons. Unless you're on football manager, right? Correct. Where, where you can eliminate the emotion and like football manager is incredibly good at a whole host of things of mimicking the real life. Like from, there's a reason clubs use their data mm-hmm. for scouting and like mm-hmm. why the football manager wonder kids, like uh, what is the kid's name? Rooney. Rooney Bargey. Yeah. Rooney Bargey. Like, like, he, Bargy. like in real life, look, he is a wonder kid. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they aren't wrong with their data, but there is so much more to putting a team together than like looking at the numbers and saying, these are the good players. So um, you're right. Like it is more than just putting those 11 on the field and saying, Oh, these are our, highest rated players alright so one player that has managed to keep his spot in this Chelsea side this season uh, he's on 1515 minutes he's bagged uh, three goals he's bagged two assists and uh, he's looking good who are we talking about Cole Palmer Correct. Yes, Palmer. Now, when Palmer went to Chelsea, there was there was a lot of division amongst the City fan base, and there, there was division on two points. One, was he right to leave City? And number two, if he is leaving City, is he right to join Chelsea? Maybe a bit of an unpopular opinion, unpopular opinion amongst the City fan base here, but I think Cole Palmer's move thus far reflects well on him. I think it looks good on him. The reason being that he has been a point of consistency, technical excellence, and quite frankly, he's playing some great football in a team that cannot get itself together as a whole. Um, do you agree? Do you think that's... that's for, for me, looking at where he is this season, just on the basis of so far this season, his Chelsea career so far, Cole Palmer, great move, hats off. Just up to where we are now. So the one caveat I would say is that and in a way, it's to his credit because being put on penalties at Chelsea at his age, pretty, I mean, that's impressive um, and speaks highly of him. And it, it, to, in all kind of looking at it, he looks to be good at taking penalties. But that is a large chunk of his very limited goal tally. And what I would say is that I think he looks better than he actually is right now because of the chaos at Chelsea. That's the other side of it, isn't it? Is he the shining he is light? A, yeah, is he the shining light because he is genuinely better than them? Or is he the shining light just because he's kind of at an okay level and the rest of them just look horrible right now? I, I think he's at a good level and I think he... Had he stayed at City, I think he has a good career. Um, I I never thought he had the star boy potential that Foden does. Okay. Um, okay. 
but I, I think he's going to be a very good pro. And I think that like, he is a very good pro and he's a hard worker. And mm-hmm. so I think that that has served him well in a Chelsea environment with a bunch of very young players, many of whom are adjusting to England um, for the first time. They all have a new manager, but you know, I don't, I don't think there's any world now where Mauricio Pochettino becomes Pep Guardiola's replacement, but I do think there are similarities in how they view players and what they want out of their squad. And so I think Palmer, having spent so much time around City's first team and in City's academy, was well positioned to come into Chelsea and do well. He also, I mean, is naturally going to have good chemistry and kind of good rapport with Sterling, which I think we've seen and has been helpful for him. So it's not me criticizing or taking any shine off of it. I think just given what uh, constant flux Chelsea have been in this season, I don't think he looks this good if he stays at City, and that's not because of anything that City does. It's just that I think this it is a better environment for him if he wants to play right now. And in the long term, that may make him a better player than had he stayed at City. But I don't think his performance thus far shows that City have missed out on anything. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see where, where it goes. I, I think thus far, and as I said, it is very early, but personally I think uh, you know he's, he's, he's got a hell of a lot of minutes. He's one of the ones, despite such a big squad, that is getting to pull the shirt on every single week. So um, we will all, I'm sure, and the listeners as well, be following his Chelsea career with interest and at least, well, certainly for the rest of this season. So... All right, um, before we go for a break and then and then go on to talk about City, I do want to give Chelsea some benefit of the doubt, and you alluded to a little bit earlier about their uh, underlying statistics. Chelsea sit 10th in the Premier League table. In the justice table that is expected points, they sit in fourth above teams like Villa, Arsenal, Spurs, Brentford, Brighton, and uh, Man United, of course. So, they... Are, Andrew, are Chelsea a team for whom... You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in XG and X points. You, you know that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I do like the notion that these things tend to overnight, even out over the course of the season. I mean, we saw it last season, right? City were ahead of Arsenal on all the underlying numbers throughout the season. And me and you in particular, it's a shame we've not got any of the XG boo boys on this episode <laughs> with us to kind of counterbalance this, but... <laughs> Our thinking last season was that the only way for Arsenal to win the league was for their luck to continue, i.e. to continue outperforming their underlying numbers. Are Chelsea the kind of team that, just because of the nature of this current iteration of Chelsea, they can't rely on these underlying, their real numbers catching up? Are they in danger of, of just kind of running under the look for the entire season because they can't seem to galvanise themselves and make things tick from back to front? Or do you think they are a top four side waiting to happen, waiting to click? I think it's a little bit in between those. And I think a big part of it will depend on by the festive period. Mm. Has Poch figured out, here's my like core 16 guys that any given lineup, barring injury, like seven to eight of them are from that group. Um, and they all know how to play together. And it's kind of, these are the positions like that. He's going to need to get like, this is my best 11. This is, these are the players who need to be on the pitch. Um, that if he can do that, I think that they, 
probably can because I think that, you know, uh, their other competition for, you know, I think we can all agree that looking right now, City, Liverpool, Arsenal are likely one, two, and three in some order. Um, And so that four spot is up for grabs. I don't know who is going to... And I I guess I inadvertently omitted Spurs there. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I was pulling a face because I'm not even too sure about Arsenal. Yeah, no, I I think Arsenal, there are, are, are some questions, but I think... I guess I should say, I, I think there are two to three spots that are fairly locked up. I think that fourth spot is in play for Chelsea, but it comes down to, of all these other teams, who's the most consistent? Um, usually, kind of usually Andrew, fourth spot comes down to who is the least shit rather than the most consistent. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, no, that's, that's, that's how fair. it's been over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, it, it has, it was, it was um, I think it was last season where we were watching the teams competing for fourth, United, Liverpool, uh, one or two others until late on, and we were looking at them thinking, are you deliberately trying to avoid fourth spot? It it was just whoever could manage to be the the least shit out of all of them. But, I mean, I I just hope Chelsea's... If you're a Chelsea fan right now, you're looking at this, right, thinking, we've got a tough run of fixtures coming up. So they've got City at Stamford Bridge, they've got Newcastle away, they've got Brighton at home, they've got Man United away. So they're looking at this thinking... And it is kind of unfortunate timing for us to play them, but if they are going to start, uh, if they are going to galvanise and revitalise and start putting some consistency down and throw down some some good results on the trot, this is a good place to start for them. Um, And we don't have our secret weapon against Chelsea, Mr Kevin De Bruyne. So um, we'll go for a little break. And in the absence of uh, Chelsea's Worst foe in KDB. We'll have a little chat about what the lineup's going to look like and how we think the game might play out. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you after the break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the City Report podcast, uh, second half of the Chelsea preview show. Um, Andrew, line-up, obviously John Stones is injured, um, might be a little bit of rotation. Well, I mean, it's Pep, there's always a bit of rotation. How do you think we're going to uh, line up for this one? Um, and again, going back to Chelsea's unpredictability, it's kind of a hard one to say, we're going to look to exert pressure and retain possession. We're going to look for the more adventurous duo of Foden and Doku on the wings. I'm personally, I, I have no idea how we're going to approach this one. 
I have a feeling that this is a match where it'll be Foden, Holland, Grealish up top because Pep loves him some Grealish in big matches for that pausa, for that control. Away um, as well. Away from home as yeah. well. Yep, and he was tremendous um, against Arsenal and was tremendous in the derby. I mean, I it, it would stun me if Grealish isn't uh, that left wing. I think Foden is a lock at right wing. Um, I think midfield is interesting without Stones being in there because, I, I, I mean, Kovacic did not cover himself in glory against uh, Arsenal. Um, but it feels like Pep usually tends to play players against their former clubs so I feel like probably maybe a midfield three of Rodri Bernardo Kovacic is what you're kind of looking at and then my defensive unit um Walker Akanji Diaz Gvardiol uh Sergio Gomez are we gonna miss him he's still out I'm joking, I'm joking, don't worry. Don't, um, I don't think we're going to miss him. I didn't realize he was injured until you just said that, and now yeah. I feel really bad that I had no idea. And I felt really bad that I actually said that. Um, apparently he's out till late November. Um, so Doku, then, you think he's he'll be sitting this one out at least initially? I, I think he sit him out initially. I mean, unless what Pep wants to do is, you know, go to that final form of we put... Grealish in midfield and you put Doku out on the left wing and you let kind of the two of them overlap and interchange and cook. I mean, look, I'm not opposed to that. Um, But I would love that. Yeah, no, I would love that. But that just does not feel like a Pep Guardiola decision going away to Chelsea. And now how do you feel in in terms of how the game is going to go itself? I mean, again, do we look at this one in the sense of it's Chelsea, we absolutely should be beating them, they're mid-table. How, how how are you feeling inside? Cause I, I I am of the camp that they are a top four team in waiting, personally. And going away to Stamford Bridge, I, I don't see this as a fixture that is any easier than going to Stamford Bridge in previous years, when they've been a better side, when they've been more consistent, when they've been title challengers or when they've been top four challengers. I, I'm not looking at this thinking this is a Brentford away or... Um, you know, a, a, a mid-table side. I'm looking at this, thinking this is going to be as tough as an Arsenal away, a Liverpool away, a Spurs away. So, we have not lost to Chelsea or drawn to Chelsea in our last six matches against them. It's a bit mad, which we've, yeah, the last loss or or any result not in our favor is the UCL final, which is wild to think about. Um, but also shows you the kind of state of flux that Chelsea have been in. For that period. Um, but despite that we've scored nine goals all across those six matches, the home or the wins at Stamford Bridge have all been by one goal. They've all been one nil wins. And so to me, I think this will be a nervy, tough fixture. I think they're going to get up for it. I think City will control it. I, and I, but I think we're going to win this one goal, maybe two goals. But I, I can't, this is not going to be some free-flowing, um, high-performing game by the offense. Not, that, not necessarily our you know, offensive unit will perform badly, but just like I don't see us having a day where it's a 3-4 goal 
outing. Like that I think, just you think he's going to be quite par for the course for our Chelsea fixtures recently. Out of interest, I don't know if you've got it open in front of you. How many of those one nil wins were Kevin De Bruyne goals or assists? So it's been it's, it's been it's been a little while. But it's funny, I, I see De Bruyne as as the man. And I think it's kind of imprinted in my brain from the uh, which one was it? Is it in that kind of maroon kit? Was it twenty? Yeah, it's the maroon kit, and you can hear the ball hit the back of the net. Yeah, was it was it seventeen eighteen or eighteen nineteen? Left foot outside. The I think box. that I, I think it's seventeen eighteen. Yeah, he's he's definitely been he's been in the thorn in the side of Chelsea over the last few years. Um, are we going to miss De Bruyne in fixtures like this? And I know, again, I know that it, there's been a lot of discussion, uh, specifically when De Bruyne was first ruled out again for a number of months as to how much we're going to miss him. And the way things have panned out so far, we've not really missed him too much. You know, we're cracking on, we're getting the results, we're scoring plenty of goals. Haaland might have something to say about his absence. Think uh, about the chances that he's not necessarily having created for him that he did before. But is this the typical fixture? A, a tough Sunday afternoon game. It's going to be dark. It's going to be under the lights or in November at Stamford Bridge. As you've said, so many of these fixtures end at 1-0. Is this the kind of game where we're going to miss a KDB to, to really pull something out of the bag? I don't think so, but I think that's because if this was two to three years ago and one... Kev is even more in his prime, but also this team is less drilled and familiar mm. and able to overcome anything. I, I would agree, but I think at this point, saying we don't miss him is crazy, but I think that what it is is that we now know how to play without KDB because we have not had him at so many important you know, moments, mm. including you know the Champions League final for him not to get... You know, and that it's the one shame because he, for my money, he is. If you set Ronaldo and Messi aside of the last decade, I think he's one of the best players in the world, and I think he's an all timer. But he's not necessarily had the moment that all timers tend to get, both through injury and then because Belgium has been such a unfortunately kind of managed side that there there isn't a moment you can look at and you can say that is the the KDB he you know moment that everyone's going to remember he's had moments where city fans we will all remember um because there have been games where he just took them by the scruff of the neck and you saw how talented he was but it it's unfortunate that we it's come to this but because we've had to do that I think we are better equipped than say you know, if we were to lose Rodri for this game, that is a huge issue to figure out how do we play because we've come to rely on the system. Is <laughs> we can't designed play anyone having... without Rodri properly. <laughs> yeah. Never mind Chelsea right. away. We, we've struggled without Rodri. And it's so. it's a little bit the you know with John Stones. John Stones is going to be a huge mess because he allows us to play at such a different level in a way that no one else does. But mm. we also have to play without him fairly regularly because unfortunately he's been plagued by hamstring injuries. So. Yeah the squad is well adjusted. So it's the same thing for me with KDB. I don't think we need him to beat Chelsea, even if they were at the height of their powers right now. But I think given they are an inconsistent side, if city are able to put pressure and I can't imagine their young center backs, um, minus Thiago Silva are <laughs> super looking forward to having to contend with uh, Erling Holland. Yeah. Um, and just the last point then, uh, before we go, 
to uh, to conclude, and I do want your prediction before we do finish. Julian Alvarez, you don't think he gets to start either? I, if he starts, it would not surprise me, but I think it's either going to be him or Phil that plays because I imagine that Pep is going to want Bernardo and Rodri both in mm. midfield, and I would imagine Kovacic over... Alvarez, but I mean, maybe for the pressing ability, you do pick Alvarez over Kovacic. But just I think the the skill set that Kovacic can provide can be useful. But it, I'm not going to be shocked or upset if Alvarez plays because he has been incredible this season and he offers you know a ton of uh, off ball abilities that probably no one else on the team really does because mm-hmm. the guy is just an energizer bunny. Prediction. Given what I said about uh, all of these being one goal <laughs> wins, um, I'm going to break that a little bit. I'm going to say 2-0 to City. 2-0. Clean sheet would be nice. Not had Clean sheet would them. be nice. Not had too many of them. Yeah, I'll go with you. I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1. I don't think we're going to get the clean sheet. Um Bit, you're a big uh, Nicholas Jackson supporter, right? <laughs> yeah. How many men do we need to get sent off before we can bag one? Is it two or last count? <laughs> two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to say the Chelsea goal will either be... Is it is Sterling fit? Um, he is not on their injury list, so yeah. yes. Because they've got a big injury list right now. They've got a massive injury list. Yes. Breuer, Chilwell, Chukameka, and Kunku... Lavia, which is a massive shame, by the way, about Romeo Lavia. Yeah. Um, Chalaba, Fafana, Sar is suspended. Crazy. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with one of the ex-City boys then, Sterling or Cole Palmer. Um, and hopefully City legend Frank Lampard will be up in the stands to watch it. <laughs> Anyhow, Andrew, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as always. Cheers. Thanks, listeners. Uh, don't forget to tune in after the game, uh, the day after, or Monday, I think it will be. Monday, we will have our review of the match, whatever the result. So we'll either be moaning or we'll be very, very happy, but we will be there on Monday. This has been the City Report podcast. I've been Ollie Kirsch, and enjoy your weekend. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.